Hi guys, it's Graham here from the podcast. Just before the podcast starts, I just want to let you know what we think. So we really appreciate every single listen that we get and we, we're doing our best. You never ever charge for anything. But we have signed up over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. So there's no subscription. It's a one-time thing. You can do it at your leisure. But basically, if you want, you can gift us the price of a cup of coffee. So if you would buy us a cup of coffee, for, for listening to the podcast it's a way to do it now we would never no not a case we would never but we, we're trying our best never not demonetize but there is running costs obviously there's time there's one to help guys to give up a lot of their free time and stuff they get better mics and better quality stuff and have more time to put out better quality content now listen if you don't want to do that that is more than okay honestly we hope that you just keep enjoying the free content and and just supporting the podcast for your lessons because it really does help. We absolutely love doing it and we appreciate every lesson, every bit of feedback and everything going. So if you want, you'll find the link on our Twitter. It's pinned or on our link tree. It should be in there too. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Graham and Lee. And uh, we're just going to do a little rundown of some of the latest news and things that have been happening inside the club. Uh, so the first one is surrounding the finances. And there's been a lot of debate this summer. Can we spend? You know, what what do we have to do? Do we have to sell to spend? All this type of stuff. Um, it's a bit of a hot topic at the moment. I, I'm not a big finance kind of guy myself. I don't understand it. It's not my money to spend in, you know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm not too bothered about that. But um, the Esk, who's big, big on the finances and, and he he loves his numbers, he actually uh, put it out as uh, Everton Finances projection for 22-23. Um, the last set of accounts takes us up to June 30th, 22. Um, so, Lee, I, I'm not a big uh, numbers kind of guy. I don't fully understand it, but from what I can gather, mate, he's uh, the esk. You know, fair play to him. Like he, I think he's calculated. He's he's give Everton a bit of benefit of the doubt, and he actually got it wrong, and we're actually more screwed than he thought. That's what I get from it. Yeah, well, it was all to do with the um, obviously sacking Franken as fucking three thousand men that he had on his backroom team. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to have cost us a lot of money. And then, obviously, there was wide reports that Dice was getting a bonus, but obviously, it probably wasn't just Dice. It was his backroom team. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how much they were on, but you're talking. I'd say the manager Lampard was on about three million a year, I think. Yeah. We had two years left on his contract, so there's six million. Yeah. Your lad is what he did have about eight backroom staff. Say so they're all all on half of what he was on. Yeah, roughly around that. Again, I'm just estimating because you can see players' wages, but you don't really get to see like backroom stuff. It's not widely yeah. publicised compared to the players. Mm. And then obviously we finished a place lower this season compared to last season. Yeah, that's about two and a half million pounds drop off. I think you get about two two and a half million per yeah. Premier League place. So. Obviously, it makes for even more grim reading than what it was originally before, obviously, Lampard got sacked and Dice came in. Yeah. The only, save, the only saving grace was that we did stay up. Yeah. Because just imagine, I mean, if we're losing, what, 
What was it Paul said you lose around? Well, he said he projected losses of around 49 million for the year 22-23 and mm. he's predicting a reduction in turnover this season as well. Well, that would have been reduced by about 70, well, for 50. I think it's about 30, 50% in the first year going to the championship. Yeah. So we would have been in, well, we still are in Shits Creek, but we would have been massively, massively in trouble. So yeah. fair play to Dyson, his backroom team, and the players. Yeah. You know, they're the well, ones that have to go and do it on the pitch, don't they? So. Yeah, definitely. He did say, actually, he predicts, he projects. A wages fall by about seven million, which is still good news, I suppose. It's it's a you know, it's a lot of wages off the books, that's seven million. Um Yeah, but because the turnover has dropped, mm. that's actually meant that our wages to turnover ratio was gone from eighty nine point four percent to ninety three point four. The league recommends seventy percent. So we're currently 23% over. Basically, it means all of the money that comes into our football club is going to staff, players, yeah. manager, yeah. you know, even your tea ladies, your kit man, mm. all them type of people. And I mean, that... Do you know what? I was thinking about this today when, when we were talking about doing this pod. It looks like Machiri's gone. Gone for broke, obviously, with the money he's spent. But... These projections don't this type of money and the turnover and the wages don't look too bad when you're sitting in a fifty-two thousand seater stadium selling it week in week out. Mm. But the problem is we're not now. So he's obviously he's obviously been banking that Everton wouldn't have been as poor as they were. Then when we move into Bramley Moor, our wages to turnover ratio drops significantly with yeah. the extra revenue of the stadium. Yeah. But the fact the fact is we've pissed money off the wall. We've went from well from when Mishiri came in, we were a top six, top seven team. Yeah. Now we're a bottom six team. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, it's and shocking me. Yeah. Um, is is it fair to say that I mean a lot of people and including me are like, all right, we've got the stadium to look forward to, but is it a case of do you know what? Some of these problems might still exist. Like the stadium won't just miraculously solve everything. Do you know what I mean? No, it won't, but it will It'll ease the pressure because you know you're obviously making a lot more. I think, I think I read. I, I was listening to Paul's podcast the other day, and I think he said, "No, with the argument of moving into the stadium halfway through the season, yeah, apparently that would generate an extra eight million in revenue. So if you're moving halfway through, you take eight million, double mm. it, sixteen mil extra the season, yeah, which." Doesn't seem a lot of money in football in terms, but it'll probably reduce the wages to turnover ratio yeah. by about fifteen percent. Helps lower the threshold a bit, yeah, definitely. Yeah. In regards to those more... wage, yeah. sorry, just in really? regards to those wage projections and what we need to pull back in twenty percent. You have someone like Andre Gomez coming back, who off the top of my head, I don't know what he's on. I think it's around say a hundred grand a week over fifty-two yeah. years. So you're just so just for for a round number, we'll call it five million. So that's five million in wages then. Mm-hmm. Then you've got someone like Mason Holgate. He's on seventy. Michael Keane's on seventy or eighty. So for the sex of them, put them together, that's just over seven million. You know, and that's just spit bomb without actually calculating going full rain man. Yeah. So surely the emphasis should be to get like those wages off. I know they talk about money and stuff coming on, but surely if they can 
if they can lower an asking price for them to get those wages off. Mm. Nearly, nearly in a form that they start going the the bully them out of the club route. Maybe that's yeah. a safe from Bellwell. I mean, it's, we've seen it with Brands. Brands was very good and savvy getting people out of the club on deals. Yeah. On, on the front page, it turned out and say we were paying a lot of wages and stuff, and that's what added right. to it. You know, really, like players on 120 grand a week playing like Sandro and stuff that were their loan loan club was paying them 15 grand, and we were picking yeah. up the other 100 and stuff, which is chaotic. Just to save, you know, spending spending pounds to save pennies, you know. Yeah. But surely that's something I would maybe like to see from Farewell, the club, even master negotiator Balkan, right? You know, this whole master Jedi. He is a Jedi. <laughs> um, you know, just just to push those out because if you can relieve them, and yes, we all know we're riding a storm this year. I give enough shit enough stuff to Farewell. I've already put that to bed. And I'm going to play Cam and, and just see how it plays out. But we need to attract these players, and again, we seem to be going for these Premier League proven this, that, and the other. I, I get that as well. Our, our squad is going to thread very thin, but Lee, do you not think key player? Well, sorry, not key players, key wage earners that aren't key players. Surely there should be some sort of bully boy tactic, because Gomez is going on this last season. A will be that we're going to come to. He's on this last season. Michael Keane and, and Holgate are sitting on fat contracts and don't have to go anywhere and are not up to the level at all. Yeah. And if anything, a player I give a load of shit to in Ben Goffrey, the fact that there are constantly options ahead of him is stagnating his progress. Yeah. So there's there's no quality that these two, especially at the back, and Andre Gomez, unless he can come back in full Valencia Dynamo mode. I'm a big fan of Gomez. I know you are, but are you a bigger fan of Everton or Gomez? That's the no, thing. I get what you're not saying. Being, not being yeah. you know. And it's like again, me with the Wobi, but my views are, are will come up later, obviously. But this isn't about the players or identity or anything. It's just mm. about Everton. Yep. And uh, yeah, I just uh, for me, I just feel those those uh, key financial assets, as in wage costing, mm. not what they're worth, because. If you can even pull on something for them and stop them going for free yeah. or going on loan for and paying so much Definitely, of the way, yeah. it's just it's madness. It just seems so obvious, and I know it's so hard to sell players moving it on, but they're experts. Get it done. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, well, yeah, um, just a quick one, oh, mate. Yeah, go on. if you were to get rid of like Gomez, Michael Keane, John Philippe Kabamon as well, don't forget him. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Tim Stone. Um, <laughs> Clockinelli hasn't played for the club for about four years. He's injured again now as well. Well, surely as well. He's AWOL. So surely you can terminate his contract if his agent, his representative, is saying he's not coming back. Surely that's just a termination. With well, the court. if they hold through, obviously that was a threat made back in like March or something. Mm. I'm guessing there will be grounds if they... Yeah, but he hasn't turned up. up. He hasn't turned up. Mm. They, they, well, they, they cited their intentions and they've acted. So surely there should be a retribution from the club and, yep. you know, it handed out. You would likely assume that after the first day it didn't come, you know, there was, you know, in, in, in business, you usually send a letter, you're AWOL, I mean, you have seven days to comply, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Surely surely the club would try and handle it like that. Mm. As much as the good Everton doing this for their players and stuff, you know, you fear that they're, they're this ruthless streak. Just too soft, again, yeah. 
I, I think yeah. you get maybe only on 50 or something, but you know what? It's better in our pockets. Yeah. All adds up. Yep. What is it? Um, if we got rid of Gomez, Michael Keane, Mason Holgate, and John Philippe Cabanham, you'd be saving 14.2 million a year. That's a lot of money just for someone. you say we're over about 20 million? Well, it, it, uh, the thing I've just got up on my phone here gives you what they're on annually, not weekly. So it's actually quite easy to work it out yeah. for what we're talking about on our yearly budgets. Yeah, yeah but I'm so, talking about what are we over? We're, we're 90% over 70%, is it? 93.4%, yeah. Yeah. Of, of, a, of a 70% average. Yeah. And imagine yeah. if Iwobi signs a new contract on better terms, that will only go up. Yeah. Oh, that's the he's the only player at the minute who's being touted. Like the Corey got the year extension, but it was the same terms. Mm. These accounts, I think, factored in Pickford's new deal. However, how much more money he's on, I don't know. So the only really one where it could be affected going upwise is obviously players coming in and it will be signing a new contract. Yeah. Well, I think it's. Well, Sorry, Jim, I was just going to say, got Calvert Lewin sitting there on 125 a week as well, doing absolutely fuck yeah. all two years. Yeah, that's but true. I'm a fan, but as much as we love the lad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's on 5.2 million a year. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Apparently, Awobi's yeah. on 6.2. is the highest paid player at the club. Well, let's let's talk about Awobi now then, because he's been touted with a move away from the club recently. Um, you know, again, he's only got 12 months left on his deal. Apparently, Everton are faced with a dilemma. As far as I'm concerned, Graham, and I know you're a big fan of Owobi. As far as I'm concerned, there is no dilemma. He's got to go. Like, I mean, as much as we love the player, just cash in while you can. Yeah, well, it's that old, uh, it's that old conundrum, isn't it? Because statistically, regardless of how good or bad you think our team is, he's our most creative player. Yes. Yeah. Eight assists and I think two goals and yeah, I am Nile as well. Yeah, yeah. There's no one. There's no one getting near him. Dwight McNeil maybe towards the end of the season really sprang into life. Um, but for me, yeah, you you can't allow a negative forty-five million on your books walking away for free. You just can't. And as much as I like Alex Awobi, very fond of him. I'm just fond of him because it's it's nearly sort of that. I'm not going to say rags the riches because I'm a multi-millionaire, but probably by the time he was 18. But but what I mean is like, you know, down and out story. It can do nothing. I just remember I'll be screaming, play him central. And then he eventually gets in central in that role and, and he's able to grow on it. And I was like, there it is, there it is. And I was able to sort of give it back to some people that for, for so long gave it to me, you know. Mm. But um, no, no, we don't players bigger than the club. Alex will be then if he's going to hold it the ransom. It's a whole loving last year. And then it's like, I'm going to sign. Then things are looking a bit, you know, you're touching cloth sort of towards the end of the season. And he's not going to sign and stuff then. Well, yeah, you need to look at that exit strategy. You need to get something, even if you get a, a third of the transfer fee. And mm. game will be on. So you're saying he's your highest paid player. I thought I thought he was only like 70 or 80 grand a week. Personally, but even at that, you know, even for argument's sake, everybody seems to be on 100 grand a week. And that that magic number rounded off up top is 5 million a year. If you can see yeah. that off again and put that on the, the I, don't, I don't know, you know, sort of one soldier think, falls and another one takes his place, you know, that's yeah. the right one takes his place and all that sort of 
jazz. I think he was on. Sorry to cut in, mate. Just just while you're on the subject, there, I think he was on fifty grand, and he, and the recent uh, New Deal he got last year took him up to one hundred and twenty. Alex Wilby did not warrant that inflation. Yeah, he did. It didn't. Like, hold on. He, he, are you sure he signed another contract last year? Well, it was like a little, um, little extension, wasn't it? So it said he signed an extension. So he originally signed a five-year deal, uh, and then he signed like some kind of extension, which took him way above 120. Um, but it, yeah. No, what yeah, do you yeah, do? Like, what do you he's do? not worth that. And then again, if that wage comes in there, then that's where you have to just start saying, right, it's it. See, again, it's if he can create eight assists with 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 that. That we that we were producing last season, you know, you have to say what could he do if he had, you know, Dynamo buzzing around up top and a couple of wizards in the wing and he was playing through central and stuff. But you know, it's all if buts and maybe's really, isn't it? Mm. Ultimately, again, you have to if they stop hemorrhaging this money and get it ran right. But again, we're we're doing a football podcast and we spent the entire what ten minutes or whatever we're going here talking finances. Yeah. It's just shocking. It's embarrassing for the club. Yeah. base, even at that, we get cornered and we're arguing with other fans and you start putting up finances and they're, they're looking at you like you're a three-headed frog, to be absolutely honest. They're just, what the hell is going on? So, yeah, honestly, no no one's, no one's uh, except for Jordan Pickford, for me, is safe in the cut, to be absolutely yeah. honest. Not one. Um, and uh, the club needs to get ruthless and smart, but do I have faith in that? Comedy fruition, no, mm. both sides of it. I, yep. I feel like a lot of the transfer targets where there's, don't get me wrong, there are players that could play for Everton, even some of the ones that you're banking on potential, some of the ones that are primarily proven, you know, it's that old adage, they're not good enough for us. And then when we don't get them, why aren't they coming here, you know? And yeah. it's, it's, I don't know, I mean, it's just a head scratcher, but you've got likes as well. Uh, Damari Gray potentially leaving the Saudi Arabia or Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace yep. can see something on him too. And again, he's an asset to us if his wages aren't too high. I, personally, I would be looking to keep him and sell some of the others. Yep. I know some people will fume on that, but at the end of the day, he gets us up the pitch. He, he can change the game. Mm. Maybe not consistently enough, but again, he's, he's playing his game without a centre forward. You have to remember that about all these players. Yep. Like like I said, Decore. Decore's been playing absolutely woeful for us for a long time. Last season, he came to the fore. And we're very, very lucky he did. Yeah. Towards the end, well, he didn't need to be need a centre forward. He became that false nine, if anything. Yeah. So it will yeah, be these guys. Sorry, mate. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just going to say he's he's had 130 appearances uh, for Everton, scoring eight goals and 15 assists. The majority of them coming just last season. So. Just three years there before that, where you can say, do you know what? It's absolutely trash, like, do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and, and get mismanagement and stuff too. Settling yeah. fans were against them, whether you like to hear that or not, they were um, being played right out in the touchline, like as a as a wide wide winger and on the inside. You had him playing yeah. right wing back um, when he, he was getting a chance. Other Carlo out of the cold, straight on the number ten, thrown in. Couldn't prove it in one game. He's out. There was no chance to build. So there's plenty of things there to, where you can, because because people sympathise with people like Ben Goffrey and Michael Keane. Sometimes there are people out there that'll do that, and other players, even Tom Davies. You have fans that'll sympathise there. And I'm talking around players who aren't 
you know, big favourites. Do, do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, and they'll have got reoccurring chances in their positions. They perform mm. and haven't succeeded. In fact, actually failed massively and keep getting chances. But a player like Awobi, where he was trying to go, was getting one or two games at it and, and it wasn't good enough and he was hooked straight out not getting the chance to build any form whereas yeah. say these, these others were feeling so it sounds like I'm making excuses for him I'm not I'm trying to just form a logical debate with myself because he's aren't really coming no, back at it I think he's too get what you're saying, saying. Yeah. Enough. so it's none of these guys have any right really to be here if we can get rid of them so as I say mm. anyone bar Jordan Pickford let's get them out but it's yeah. who do we replace them with well, that's How it, do you yeah. replace them? Mm. And, and, and what could that mean for the next season? I don't think anybody knows how it's going to pan out. Yeah. We're, all, we're all big spoonfuls of optimism here, but it's not it's not tasting too good and it's not going down too easy. So no. shocking, mate. Yeah, um, then, yeah. For that for that price though, just to summarize, no, I'd sell I would sell yeah. him maybe before Gray if it was an option for the two of them, to be honest. Which is mad because the numbers say go the other way, but Twenty grand a week, and could be leaving on a free with that sort of negative transfer on the books. It's just scary. Which again, if you're being owned by finances, well, that's just a shame on its own. So, yeah, definitely. Sell all them. Sell all them. Just and get a langa. Just play two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Leah, you uh, you want a wobi to to leave as well? Just to. I'd um, I'd like. I'd like Everton to see, and I'm not nowhere near comparing Alex Iwobi to the player oh, I'm going to yeah. mention. But yeah, the um, the news came out today that PSG are basically going to sit down with Mbappe and say, "Sign or you're getting sold." Hmm. And I think Everton should just do the same. Yeah. Our biggest problem is we haven't got a lot of right-sided players, hmm. and although that's not his best position, he's probably the most com- comfortable out on the on the right. So. You've got to bring someone in first if you are going to sell them. Yeah. Or obviously, you if you sign a new contract, I'd be happy for him to stay. But I think Graham's spot on. We have to get ruthless now. Lee, you as well, though. Right? Lee, what's terrifying there is though, he's not even comfortable on the right. He's been absolutely. No, no, he isn't. But out of everyone that's played there for us over the last two seasons, hmm. he's probably been the most consistent in that position, which doesn't say a lot for everyone else. I'll I'll make a prediction now as well. I think I've said these before, but it's not never on the pod. I would not be surprised to see Nathan Patterson start a few games right wing next season. Yeah, Shane's coming behind him. I honestly would not be. Or Ashley yeah. Young. Oh yeah, you're going to have, oh you're going to have Young dropping in there too. So yeah. it sort of makes you wonder too if Townsend's managed to perform enough at Burnley to get that contract, and I know the whole. Well, you're taking a risk and stuff, but surely you would have said they taunt Townsend. You've just been injured for a full year, mm. less wages, or, or something like that. Would you like to stay at Everton where you're comfortable? So it's madness. I just, you'd like to, we all assume that we're working behind the scenes, but it's just terrifying to, to think what's happening. I'm trying to keep me cool until Fulham, mm. and I get, I get yeah. the additions of the late John and stuff, but mm. it's, um, we need something in. We cannot go, go out last season with, or the next season with the sort of the team we started. No, no. When it comes to these deals as well, there's no foresight um, from the club whatsoever to predict what will happen in 12 months and how short we'll leave ourselves, etc. There's no, you know, there's nothing in that nature whatsoever from the club. It's just embarrassing. Just a quick one there, John. I'm reading here that it will be signed a new five-year contract. 
What just to, what today? No, last year. The, the last contract he signed. Is that what it was? Yeah. No, it can't be. But you're right, his salary so went up from yeah, 50 grand a week to 120 it last season. Up, yeah. It's a strange but, one. I don't, don't actually know. So after that six months under Lampard or four months under Lampard, he, he, he got a more than double your money deal. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. it's a big jump. Like, um, yeah. Well, we'll we'll just move on then. And, and this, again, is a culmination of everything we've just spoken about. The, the Sky, Sky Sports done a, a fans optimism survey ahead of the new season. Um, Jesus Christ. This is... <laughs> And it's no surprise, Lee, I'll start with you, mate. It's absolutely no surprise that we're dead bottom of the list. Yeah, didn't he say it's the um, it's the lowest score? that? Like, I don't know how long they've been doing these surveys for. Yeah. And it's not like a 20-year thing. It's probably over the last four to five years or something. Yeah. But it's the lowest score that's ever been given by a fan base. Yep. Um, well, it just shows where we are, though, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it does. You, th- you think about it, we finished 17th, so theoretically, out of the, forget the promoted teams, we're mm. basically starting dead last. Yeah. Because no one knows how the, other, the promoted teams are going to perform. Yeah. Well, so, one kick of a ball that made the difference as well. That's the other thing. It was literally yeah. one yeah. of the ball from Abdullah yeah. to Corey. But Definitely. Again, again, I think the factors on day two, there was. Fan expectation against reality is always going to weigh heavy on that, and it's just not good enough. You know, we're not the likes of a Crystal Palace or a Wolves or or any of those sort of teams. You know, or any of the teams that went down, we don't we don't just be like, yeah, we're happy to exist. We're not as a fan base. We're from we're Everton Football Club. Yeah, we're not happy to just exist. So when things are leaning towards that, well, the pressure gets heavier and heavier. That's why people say, oh, Everton's fans are specialists. That no, that's bred out of standard. That's bred yeah. out of expectation. Yeah. And that's why, that's why you, you didn't hear about fucking 30 Leicester fans walking up the street saying they weren't happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you, you've the entire day of their ev around Goodison Park, just ran with people, just, yeah. just in a festival atmosphere, trying to do whatever they can. So I wasn't surprised when I seen it. I just think it's just... It's just embarrassing. Just this club is just the people running it are, are just are just rubbing the badge free the dirt. They well, really are. I actually um I quote tweeted it on on Twitter yesterday and put there's Ken Wright's legacy. Yeah. But it's also I should have really put as well. It's Machiri's legacy. Hmm. Although at least Machiri can look back, you know, on the stadium. The stadium is all down to Farhad Machiri. Yeah, but Bill Kenwright's got one FA, one FA Cup final. There's a another two FA Cup semi finals and yeah. two League Cup semi finals in 20 odd years in charge. Relegation scraps, yeah. The league quarter yeah. final as well, yeah. Are you for Cup? Um, good times, mm-hmm. it's, it's under you know his mentorship, no doubt. It sort of rings back as well in my head. Like, do you remember? Uh, just I hope when MSP finally comes in, which we understand the deal is close, the ESC was reporting on the uh, on his podcast. But the uh, what are you called? Yeah, just I hope MSP come in and say nothing. You know, because there's the whole. Remember Michael Owen saying for Newcastle, one thing mm. I'll promise you is goals. 
what yeah. happened there. His knee went snap. <laughs> Mashiri came in. You know, money will never be a problem while I'm yeah. here. We don't want to be a museum. Literally. No, no, not even that one. Well, there you are. There's the two. And literally money is our biggest problem. And we yeah. are a fucking museum. Mm. We're not even a good one. We're one of those no. like waxworks and crackle. Everyone's ever seen those sort of radios. That's what we look like. That's what we became. That's what we've become. Yeah. Like it's bad. It's bad when your club legends are being caught on camera watching games, shaking their head and disgust, looking at each other, saying, "With the game evolving from their level, let's not forget that." And shaking yeah. their head and saying, "This isn't good enough." Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> it's horrendous. It's. I wouldn't even call. I wouldn't even call us a museum. I call us a morgue. Yeah. Well, although there's probably more life in a morgue. Yeah, I mean the the average age of our squad keeps going up and up, so you never know. Uh, we're getting closer. Oh, no, that's going to young. I think our average our squad age was going down. I think just young has made it old, <laughs> ironically. But I can't believe we're keeping that cop out. Don't honestly. Just <laughs> Have you ever seen his Instagram? No, I, I barely Red Paradise lad. Red Paradise. Yeah. It's disgusting. Any place ever. Fucking disgrace. But also, just want to say to listeners too, I, on behalf of the podcast as well, I do want to apologise recently because everything has been doom and gloom, and we mm. are a very emotionally driven podcast. So it's nearly just like a little public service announcement. I'm sorry, things will try and get better, but we're just we're just looking for the light. And when we when we find it, we'll let you know. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's yeah, we're just, still searching. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know what? One thing about saying positiveness is I mentioned young there. I am growing i'm just seeing more and more sense i was never very very negative uh, we no disrespect mm. to you guys you guys were a lot more rare and surprisingly to yourselves and myself i i could see the logic in it from the start yeah i really i'm, I'm, I'm just thinking it is a better not a better sign of it it is a good sign for us yeah i really do, do think it is and, and, well, we just leave it there yeah all right i do, well, I do think that yeah yeah no, no, that. yeah we'll leave it there yeah um well that's the second year on the run now that our first signing of the summer is a free transfer. Yep. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. It's That's because we're in the good, the bad and the ugly and we are skint Eastwood. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the, the apparently with this survey as well, the asked 1,400 Premier League fans on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, and the average was 3.3 for Everton. Uh, I just, you know, how can Luton and, and all these other fans like have a better optimism than us it just baffles me and this is, this is the thing though is is that all the keyboard warriors though is that all the, the yeah well it could, I, yeah. I have a i have a cheek here to sit and say is this all the moaners and, and the negative nellies because ultimately we're on here ratting the moaning all the negatonians like me yeah all the negatonians you know what I've, I've been on that camp for a while why, so. didn't, why didn't you use that one graham one chance of this pod to say that with stop me mind but what I'm no, saying is, um, I, I, I'm strangely optimistic. I really am. I just think that, and, and again, I went, came on the pod last year, losing the head, and I was like, I don't want to watch Dice anymore than this, that, and the other. And I've hmm. still got that Michael Keane fear. I don't want Michael Keane in that team because I think we're so much better without him. Hopefully it's so, but I, I do not see Dice selling. I just don't. I see Dice playing a lot this year. And if if Dice has a template where we were lying deep in the box, you never know. King could be some sort of asset in some crazy, crazy world. We don't know. Crazier things have happened. Who knows? But I think there is a template there. I really, really do. Um, yeah, maybe player in very 
There I'm is no paradigm the, in the yeah, well, in I'm all so the on the fence Michael Keane is an asset. Um, yeah, but but, but, I'm, but I'm so on the fence with with Unana. But I'm thinking like Garner for me, my midfield is Garner, Ghana, and the Corey. It yeah. really is like mm. you know, and there's this massive optimism now from it. And I know people disagree. People contact us all the time and love to disagree, and people love to agree, and that's fine. It's all about opinions. But if if Deli Ali can get to a level where he can start getting into that team, you've got him and Decorey. Well, there's two fresh interchangeable people to go behind the centre forward. If we can get a winger in, I'm not even going to bring up Dinjima because it's pointless. He's just an absolute flirting. <laughs> beat forget, about him. forget about yeah, him. He's a complete sausage. But what I'm saying is, if you have my games are won and lost in that midfield, I have a bit of optimism about that midfield this year. I really do. So, would, did you agree with the average position? So, they also asked where we predicted to finish, and the majority of Evertonians said 15th. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 12th to 15th is my yeah. I'd take well, that as well. I've already told you guys, and if something can click and really, really go well, and we get the right signings, there's no reason we can't push a wee bit higher than than 12th or the 10th or whatever but it's because people sit and say oh you're mad you're mad but you know you don't control what's it we don't know what's going on at other clubs it mm -hmm. looks it looks quite chaotic for everybody you know what i mean like you don't know like you, you think how they might like teams like newcastle on their one and runs last year how they affected the league standings you don't know who's going to propel at certain times in the year yeah they really really changed the narrative of a league table and I know that's the Definitely game. Fulham, I mean, that's Fulham looks like they're losing all their best players. Well, this is it as well. They've had to scramble and throw even more money at Wallian just to get him signed. But and, and Mitrovic is like he looks like he's he's one tool. Yeah. Maybe one foot on the door now to go to the Middle East. So yeah. I, I I don't know. Um, Chelsea under Pochettino should be you expect to be good, but but who knows? Because Chelsea has always been a. It's been wild, wild waves to surf and at that club, so you just never know what's going to happen and how that. And Chelsea again, Chelsea, Chelsea's perform last season catapulted so many other clubs. You know what I mean? Without any mm. advantage to us. So if, if, look, if, if things you have to be optimistic in that sense, where things can fall right in the right way. And mm. again, you hang on to this fact: if if we are the fittest team in the league, which Dice has stated that he wants us to be, that could be massive and turn in uh, losses to draws and draws to ones. Massive, okay. absolutely massive. Those energy levels, so that that could that could be something that we need to work off this year. If we're lucky with injuries, if we can get some of the right signings in, you know, it could be a case so we hang on for loans at the end of the window and pull in some better profile players. You know, yeah. Yep. Um, John, I know you're sitting begging for Esco and a free, but we'll not go there. <laughs> just thinking, touching on that though, you are right as well though, because we literally finished eight points behind Chelsea last year. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure how many games we drew. There's a fan out for the season now as well as ACL. They probably just yeah. In, and yeah, and like in. There's going to be a turn, some of them, some of them draws into wins. Yeah, and as you say, some of them defeats into like a one-all draw. Or do you know what I mean? Mm. So some of those criminal results. This is the thing as well under Dice. And sorry to cut you in. You can carry on after this. But this is what I'm expecting from Dice this year. I'm not expecting miracles, but those criminal defeats under Lampard and under Dice, I'm expecting us to be better, fitter, and better set up for that yeah. not to happen as often. Yeah, just you know to not get saying? rolled over. 
Right. This is why I'm talking about I can see Michael Keane in there. I can see us being really deep next season. I really can. I, I think there's going to be that more explosive to Corey breaking from the midfield. That's why I like, sort of like, I think Garner's so much more disciplined and better on the ball than Onana that I like the thought of him and Gana lying maybe just maybe five, five, five yards, maybe a bit deeper, just normally they would, and break it up and lie in deep. And if we are on the 18-yard line, and I'm not saying I want Ben Godfrey or Michael Keane especially in this team, but I can see them being used because if there's balls being pumped in, big slaphead's going to knock them away. He will. That's that's his one asset. Yeah. Well, you like it's just a problem if they dribble under the box. You know, yeah. Keane will drop his big bottle, big baby, and just trip him, trip him up or something. <laughs> big size, eighteen feet. Yeah. But but do you know what I'm saying? Trying to hang to the optimism, you can maybe see how that's going to work. That's why I would not be surprised to see Coleman playing twenty plus games this season and Patterson yeah. being deployed as as a potential sub winger. Really, yeah. I. Potentially. In my own mind. And that's why you could see Young coming off that bench and Michelangelo Holden because he'd be playing deep. Because that kid gets a nosebleed as soon as he gets near that halfway line. Well, it makes sense in the fact as well that if you play, say you play a back four and you play Coleman, Tarkovsky, Keane and Michelangelo, none of them have got pace. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, you're, if you're obviously sitting back, it gives obviously less t- teams less chance to put balls in over the top. Mm. Also, less space for wingers to blitz past them yeah. with their lack of pace. Now, Coleman yeah. did have pace, to be fair. Coleman was quite quick. Yeah, but, definitely, mate. Um, so that would make sense, but mm. I still don't want to see Michael Keane and Evans. No, no neither do I, that, but that's the point I'm making. <laughs> like, yeah. I was screaming for him to be sold, but I don't think Daesh will, and I really can see, see Daesh making the argument with Felwell at a table. Saying, yeah. but I can use him to do this. I can use, I can work on him in training to, to cut out the, you know, snapping for the ball and, you know, holding his arm out and then telling the referee, hit my arm, why are you giving a penalty? All that sort of idiotic fucking nonsense. Didn't I can we really... play a lot deeper against Brighton? Am I right? Yeah, I, I... Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, completely. Yeah. Massively. We were compact massively and it mm. was all about breaking. And Twight yeah. McNeil is fitter. I'm, I'm a real, we all learned that if McNeil got to that sort of, level with fitness he actually does have a, a bit of pace about him he's not like he was before like and as i say i love his movement and the way he can oh that was the one positive i always gave him when i tore him to shreds was that it has that sort of like when you used to play football against these like tall lanky guys they always had this ability they sort of slither around you like a snake just for mm-hmm. the way that they they their body position and the way they distribute their weight they move around you so if he's breaking that way left wing is his that's the thing that he it's his deal it really, really is. Well, you think I mean, the when there's like Kuate is going to be using the squad now this yeah. season, it's mm-hmm. a, it depends. If he has a flying preseason, well, surely then you would be saying, Well, look at a mid season loan, you're running around the plans as a third choice because mm-hmm. it's that alternative, you know what I mean? But yeah, if you're playing that and you've got a center forward, Calvert Lewin is brilliant to play when, when you play deep, they sort of break up that play and spread again against Brighton the way he, the way he bullied. And then he's, yeah, it was, yeah, the way he bullied and, and moved that around. It was it was monumental first, and the Corey break into that space then off Calvert Lewin's flick ons and stuff again, yeah. which is why that blueprint of the Calvert Lewin, not even Calvert Lewin, it's a bit unfair in other centre that lone centre forward who can bully her Harris and 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 one a header for a knock on for a breaking midfielder again. If you have those breaking midfielders, if you have Deli Ali up to scratch, which is optimistic as sun, I know, and a Decore that was playing like he was last season, so if he can have a bit of hunger this year. Mm. which I think he might have a bit of Everton around him. You know, the whole telling Lampard it wasn't good enough. 
the 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 sit on the ball protest and then standing up and actually being the hero last season. Mm. It changed his mindset. Plus, he could be playing for a new contract. He's only got, you know, this is the club option this year. So if he wants a new contract, he's gonna have to perform to them levels that he did under Dice. And to be fair, if he does, I'd be willing to give him like another year or two. Not on the same money. I wouldn't have him on. What is it, hundred grand a week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But But, at the end of the day, if he's if he's banging out assists, uh, the pre-assists and. Goals because some of those fucking goals he scored at the end of the season last season as well were just fantastic. Quality. Where what do you expect from a number ten or a breaking number eight? Yeah. So if he is providing that, then you can maybe give that allowance to the club to do that. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, yeah, just just on closing, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. I am, uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying my best to be optimistic, but I have no idea as what we how we covered at yeah. the start there as how it's all going to come together. Thank well, God. What I will ask you then is, like, obviously we've seen the reports today about Dice's gaffer day uh, and his famous bleep test and so on and so forth. But is is running gonna be enough? I mean, this is the this is the worry that I had when Dice first came in. Um, and, and I'll, I'll I'll ask you this, Lee, as well: Is running enough, or do you think Dice has got more about him? Because I think you have to have an extra dimension. You can't just run your way to to safety. Do you know what I mean? Do you want to go first, Graham? Or... Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go first on it. Um, yes, I do. I really do. I think I think it's all about you, you. Think of the science and the metrics that are used, you know, um, within sports science these these days. Obviously, John, you work with that field. Personally, myself, I've trained, I've, I've trained and competed in football, kickboxing, all those mountain biking, all the sports for well, since I was eighteen, maybe the last since I was eighteen. So I would be what the last six years. Mm. I'm the last 20 years. 26 years. <laughs> the last 20 years. And I've always believed in, in having that base point. You know, that um, I'm actually currently at the moment just training myself to get back to a, a raw base point. Mm. Quite extreme at the moment. And, and you know, yeah, I'm a firm believer in a fine base point and those levels, getting those levels sustained. And, and then you can build and, and, as I say, have a continuous fitness point throughout the season continuous levels because they've all reached there so if you can get them up the optimum levels now there's no reason that they can't continue that with the right care supplementation diet everything as they do anyway um it it's really makes you wonder just in pre-season how we how we've come out in previous years like so exhausted a lot of people say you can do all this fitness with the ball and that started at everton under uh, roberto martinez and mm. i have to say we've we, we've never looked moist fit since roberto martinez yeah. came in to be absolutely honest um so yeah i'm a massive believer in it because you, you get to those levels players feel better they feel good you look at some of those players when we've been lampard cumin alder well alder did in the pre-season even even silva looks sluggish like mm. very sluggish had the ball yeah. at their feet day one running with the ball, doing the pitches. No, you do your hard yards, mm. you do your lines, six yard, 18, all, all that sort of stuff. So I'm a, I'm a massive believer in the old gaffer day things. Even when I'd be training for mountain biking, whenever I, I used to compete and stuff as well, it was it was grueling and it was and you used to wonder, where is it, where is it? And it would come together, small yeah. margin. And before you know it, your fitness is there. And then even mm. when you're shaking times and you think you're unprepared, you weren't, it was in the tank. You know, yeah. and that's what, that's what gives I'll, you those uh, fine yeah. edges and the small margins. So, 
without rambling like Dice, and obviously I don't know the levels that they do that, but with sports science and, you know, they talk about redlining and stuff, there, there mm. must be a focus point that is... Well, it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned that, like the sports science aspect of it, because Dice in, in the Athletic article there, touching on the Gaffer Day thing, uh, him and Ian Wone said they don't focus too much on stats, um, which is very strange because the whole modern day football thing is based on yeah. stats. You see them with the little vest tops on and everything. But I'll just bring you back down to earth here. Michael Keane says uh, Mopey's come back fit and he's actually winning the running out of everyone in the squad so far. Um, Lee, yeah. trying to run to fucking France. That's why. <laughs> Well, right. I'm not. I'm not going to defend. But you, you think about Neymar, yeah, right? So the players came in. Mm. This is purely hypothetical, and I'm just doing it to be devil's advocate because obviously both your views and I do share them. But comes in last year late, wasn't very involved at Brighton preseason. Came in the Lampard's preseason, wasn't sort of not even just straight on the training, wasn't fit. Not physical enough for the style play, not tall enough for the style play, not fast enough for the style play. So his energy levels, you could see it when he was turning, they had a ball. Those energy levels have to be peak, I assume, as a Premier League striker for you to turn and snap a ball. Like we've all played the game, we've all been gassed and we've all tried to had a ball and you just don't have it on you. Mm. You just don't. And these guys are playing at the highest level, you know, so... Maybe that's the case. Maybe maybe Mope trained flat out in the preseason because if you are fitter, you're you're you know as you're getting more more exhausted, you know mm-hmm. there's less group going to the brains, going everywhere. There's less oxygen yeah. going to the brain because you're not fit enough to sustain it, and you cannot concentrate when you're hitting the ball. And again, we talk about small margins, you know, millimeters of accuracy and hitting the ball. Not even just once against West Ham, didn't he, when he scored that goal? Well, he lowered it, and he was that's because he was riding, and he just came on, and don't think he could believe that goal. And it was a good goal as well. I give him that as well. He took it well on the bounce, Mm. but you know maybe that's where his mindset is, and he's he's went away and trained the preseason. How do I get myself back? Hopefully, I hope he gets himself back on a plane and going to Italy. I don't want him on the team, but I can get it, (laughs) and that's good. You know what? I don't Mm. think it should be marked. I think yeah. it's something that you should just say, you know, because for all the shit that we're given, if, if these players are coming back, you see Calvert-Lewin in Germany really trying to get his knee right. He wants to get back, back playing. Yeah. The last thing he's going to want to do is up and go or be depressed about football when he has a kid there because, believe me, it's hard enough being a parent. Yeah. You know, might not be so hard when you can afford 15 nannies and while well, you go and do whatever you have to do on the side because there's a lot of other sponsor commitments. But mm. Jesus Christ, two out of three, here's parents and it's hard work. You know, so... He's going to want to be settled and focused on his football and, and making sure, again, financially, I'm sure he has all this, and footballers will never, never scarily go broke until until they leave the game. But he's going to want, like, see, he's going to want more goals, more con. He's going to want to feel good. So for like some Mope to do that, good. Michael Keane to be the person singing singing your praises though. Um, that's like that's like Hitler saying Mussolini's a nice guy, you know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yeah. Um, that's all I can say. But I'm trying to be optimistic, and you know, there's all these talks. Of, I think we're all scrambling for content right now, and yeah. people that are on the know are saying that there's work going on behind the scenes. I don't deny that. Mm. I do as shit to give Thelwell. I think he is. He's, he's dealt a hard, a hard, a hard deal here, trying to find a pair of twos. It feels like, but you know. I, th- I think at the moment we just have to sort of get behind it. I think we're allowed to lose our shit 
if we if we go out with absolute trash at Fulham and get steamrolled, uh, if we can get through Fulham or whatever, and I can't remember the other couple of fixtures that aren't that bad, but if we can get through those and it's Villa not... is the second fixture. Well, that's good. There's a tough one, but if we can get through Villa and Fulham with whatever we bring in, uh, and we can at least not not be diabolical and we can see that we're fit and there's something to happen, well, then that's where we have to be optimistic again and think, right, we're going to start getting some loans in or we're going to sign someone towards the end of this window. We're going to move someone out. And then come September 2nd, then we can just all have an all have a pint and just lose our shit properly. So, and what <laughs> might happen. So, but yeah, let's just yeah. try. I know it's hard, but let's just try and be positive. Yeah. Lee, do you want to end on a positive note or? Yeah, just going back to what you said about the um, the gaffer day. Yeah. If you listen to you listen to virtually every top athlete, whether you're like Messi, LeBron James, mm. all of them top athletes in different sports, they all say hard work beats talent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, talent helps you massively, but you yeah. know you've got to have the hard work. You don't yeah. get to the top of your profession in any any walk of life, whether it's professional, whether you're just working a normal nine to five job. Yeah, you don't get to the top unless you work hard. No, hundred oh. percent, mate. For me, yeah, there does need to be an element of like you know talent in the squad, and mm-hmm. we've got a few. But you know, Moyes when he first took over, and the season we finished fourth, that wasn't really a massively talented squad. Mm. Besides Zinedine Kilbans, you know what I mean? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what you but mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think the hard work, if if they're putting the hard work in, I yeah. think over the course of the season you'll see it pay off more times than it won't. Mm. Yeah. Well, but obviously been... you do need a mixture. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um I think over the last few seasons, well, it's clear to say we we lost our identity. I, I think a yeah. lot of a lot of fans and even other fans were saying that about us as well. We we lost our identity. We had these different managers with different styles and things. So I think Dice is instilling an identity there, whether we agree yeah. on it or not. You know, we can all say we'd like a manager to play this type of football, but he is instilling an identity back into the squad, which has been missing for a long time. So we really we haven't had one since. I know Silver tried to put one on, yeah. But you'd have to go back to Martinez that first year where mm. you know it, it was lovely, like one touch into changing football. It was yeah. Yeah. probably the best football I've seen in Everton side play. Mm. For like on the eye wise, it was fucking. I always go back to the Arsenal game at Goodison oh, when yeah. we absolutely ripped them three 0 Yeah, and Lukaku was playing off the left instead of playing as a as a number nine. Yeah, and we just off the right. Sorry, he was playing, and we mm. just ripped them to shreds. Oh, and we done that to a lot of teams that season. And ever yeah. since then, yeah, as you say, we've struggled to find an identity. Mm. So yeah. whether we like the way this could go in mm. terms of the style of play. I'm not being funny. We're not in no position to be, you know, picky about, oh, I want us to play 15 passes before we whip a ball in. Or, yeah. you know, I don't I don't want me centre-half on the halfway line. I want to see me centre-half on the halfway line. Yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. When you're mm. playing Michael Keane, you fucking leave him as far back as possible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, mate, and and it's about time we we had a bit of excitement as well. Um, and I think 
running does give you that excitement uh, when you, there's nothing better than watching a counter-attack, especially if you think about the derby last year, we had a couple of nice counter-attacks at Goodison where we should have won the yeah. game. Um, but it's that, you know, if you win the ball back on the edge of your box and you burst in a couple of passes and you see players running at full pelt, there's nothing that gets you out of your seat more than a counter-attack. So, yeah, well, you go back to that Brighton game where it was effective, I think. Yeah. Yeah, basically four of our goals were on the counter. I think that's the all five yeah. of them yeah, were yeah. on the counter attack. Mm. And now, don't get me wrong, we're not going to replicate that week in week out. Mm. So let's not let's not kid ourselves. But no, oh. but the idea is there, like, and then, yeah, that, yeah, that's the blueprint, especially mm. away from home against yeah. the side that. Well, let's face it. When Everton played, the majority of teams normally have the majority of the ball. Yeah. So we probably could do it <laughs> every away game, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. or try to anyway. Mm. Oh. No, yeah. just um, I'm actually, I know I said in the last pod about um, Ashley Young being like a really underwhelming signing, mm. but I am actually, I'm more optimistic this pre-season than I was last pre-season. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Mm. Maybe it's because we've got like a manager who knows what he's doing. Mm. He's been there. He's, his methods are tried and tested in the Premier League. Yeah. Maybe that's it. But I am slightly more optimistic this season. Mm. I mean, I could all be dashed by the 2nd of September, as Graham said. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he, he's, got his, he's got a strict regime. Uh, he knows exactly what he wants from the players in pre-season. And he wants them to be at a certain level before we start the season, which is good. So he's he's clearly got an idea, which is more than what you know you could say for Frank Lampard. But it's just is that ideology and that way of doing things is it going to be enough for what you what you have to have in the Premier League to to survive? Um, if you look at Brentford, for example, they don't just run; they play nice football as well. On top of that, so. It's you've got to have that mixture, but as you say, mate, the Brighton game was just phenomenal. That was beautiful football. I think but... I think just touching on that, he does. I think he has to put the building blocks in place first, yeah, and then maybe definitely. add layers onto it. Because mm. mm. as you said, I mean that Villa game we played Villa second game last season as well, yeah. and they looked sloppy. We yeah. looked leggy. We looked leggy against Chelsea, mm. even though we we looked really compact and really. Solid defensively. Yeah. I mean, that's that was that stat, wasn't it? We had the best defence for like the first 10 games of the season or whatever. Yeah. But the players didn't look sharp on the ball. Yeah. And if this training regime, if his methods work, and we'll find out against Fulham and Villa and Brentford the first few games, then mm. hopefully then he can add layers onto it and you know, be a bit more expansive, maybe push up a bit more off the pitch or whatever. Yeah. You know, well, it's just a waiting game, isn't it? It's yeah. like Get to 40 points and then you can experiment. Yeah, no, 36. 36, yeah. keep it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we just thought we'd run down a few of the finances and obviously talk about things in general. Um, obviously, the next episode will be. There'll be a couple more rumours to chat about, Ianacho, Alanga and so on and so forth. And I'm sure we'll hear about what Dan Juba is going to be doing as well sooner or later. But um, yeah, Lee, as always, mate, it's been a pleasure. Graham, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Nice one, Laugh. See you soon. Evan, we...
That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family and maybe even Evertonians you just meet in the street. Don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching EAW Podcast. And if you've anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at the EAWpodcast at gmail.com.